The estate planning team is an Ohio registered investment advisor. The following is for informational purposes only and does not intend to make an offer or solicitation for the sale or purchase of any securities or financial products. Be sure to consult with a qualified financial advice and or tax professional before implementing any strategy discussed herein. You have financial goals and dreams. We can help you achieve them. Welcome to Financial Food for Thought, the show that answers all the questions on how to maximize your lifestyle and preserve your wealth. Good morning, everyone. You found Financial Food for Thought. Got Mark Donnelly and Carrie Waddell. And Carrie, I think this is the third Friday in a row where we've had inclement weather. You know, we always tape the show right. generally on Friday mornings. I think this is three Fridays in a row that we've had inclement weather. Yeah, it's not mm-hmm. too bad this day. But today is the ice storm. Yeah, but I don't think that's. It was a little ice coating. Yeah. Could have been a lot worse. I think they did a good job with the roads. Yeah, so it's a beautiful... It could be worse. Come on, we're in Northeast Ohio. This is nothing. Yeah, well, where is this weather on Christmas Eve? I'm okay with it, but I'm I'm done with it now. Uh, Anyways, so this is Financial Food for Thought. I'm calling the theme of today's show, Carrie, is who needs a surge team? Okay. And I'll get into that. Why don't you get us started? All right. Good morning, everyone. You're listening to Financial Food for Thought. We're here every Saturday morning on 1420 AM. AM between 9 and 10. We're here to give you helpful information about financial news or issues that may impact your financial life and how to take advantage of opportunities or problems you're not aware of. And we're sponsored by the estate planning team. And the estate planning team has been around Cleveland now more than 35 years and is a traditional financial planning firm. We don't do investing. Our clients either do that on their own or they already have an advisor in place. And we believe in coordination of advisor and making sure that you know your numbers so you know how much risk you should be taking. Um, And that's true if you're someone who's retired or thinking about your future retirement. And we've been around again more than 35 years and we offer a free consultation for people to see if our services are appropriate for you. And we are an affordable Ohio registered fiduciary planning firm and what we do is financial modeling and number crunching and we offer that free consultation by phone or in person to see if you can benefit and I know there's a lot of scary news and concerning issues going on right now um, but not knowing what to do and not having a plan when it comes or not being able to take control of the things you can is even I think scarier so I think now more than ever it's important wherever you do it to have a a financial plan and see where you're headed or have a better understanding of how you're impacted by the concerns that you have and that's what we do for our clients whether it's a market downturn and you're getting close you're planning to retire you know some people have a model in a 20 percent loss and certainly we've talked many shows about increased inflation and how that is is that going to affect my future spending And I think people don't know in the long term, and I think that's the beauty of having these programs in financial modeling. And not only does it show you that you could be okay, but how do then we know how you can adjust to be okay and also to take advantage of. There are plenty of opportunities that people aren't aware of that they often miss. And I know, Mark, you're going to talk a little bit about taxes today. Every tax year stands on it alone, and we see people missing opportunities time and time again. So take advantage of a free consultation. Remember, we do those by phone or in person, whatever you're more comfortable with. Leave a message. We'll give you a call back on Monday, or you can send an email through the website. If you send an email, you're going to get a response by Monday at the latest. So if you don't get a response, call our office. Our number is 440-239-2090. That's 440-239-2090 or visit our website at financialfoodforthought.com. Right. And, and I'm not going to talk too much about taxes. I, we'll be doing a lot in March Madness. Okay. March Madness but I, I did want to follow up on something that I was talking about last week. Kind of, you know, if you go back and listen to the podcast, I read a lot of the headlines, I call them shock lines, right, that was saying what a difficult 
tax preparation season is going mm-hmm. to be, not only for the taxpayer, but for the IRS mm-hmm. and all the problems that they're having. The backlog of problems that they had from last year, you know, which was a devastating year when the IRS, like all other businesses, a lot were shut down they, because of the virus. A lot of people were out sick. They were understaffed. They couldn't hire. They had they had the same hiring problem as all businesses had, and the and the mm-hmm. rebound, so to speak. And it was interesting because I was I was talking about the IRS commissioner. Chuck Reddick, right. right, and he came out this week with he 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 published a letter and saying that with the you know talking about the enormous challenges that they're having at the IRS. Um, so that, but one of the things I did want to mention today is that part of the problem is the millions of paper returns that haven't been processed yet from last year. That's In, insane, right? Including ones that and some of them had checks in enclosed the envelopes that haven't been cashed yet right mm-hmm. other ones the taxpayer was due a refund that hasn't been processed yet but the what exasperated the problem was that the IRS robots have it built in that if a return isn't processed by a certain date it starts sending out notices okay Saying that you're you have not filed a return or you're and you know you better it's fly, an auto flag it's, it's an a, auto thing. so I'd be really mad if I submitted it and I you know or even if I sent it certified mail and I know they have it and then I get a notice that I didn't submit it I'm going to be annoyed so so the IRS did come out and say they they cut they stopped the robots from okay. sending out that letter and they're kind of recommending. If you did send it in, mm-hmm. honestly, right. right, and you got one of these letters, they are not recommending that you send another one in. No, because I think that'll just lead to confusion and more problems. And but but there's going to be other issues because if this overlaps, where you are filing the next year's return before your previous return is, uh, what do you think the ro- I don't know if the robots are prepared for that. Right. And I I did read an article this week that of all the millions of calls the IRS got last year, they only you only actually talked to a live person or even got through 20 percent of the time. And how long do you think you have to wait on hold to do that? Right. I know I've called before and you're on hold for how I've given up and just try to look up, you know. So do you know there's a way to jump in the queue? No. All right. So you haven't heard about this? No, I have not. Okay. So there's a, a very interesting company, and it's an accounting firm. And what they have done is they have apparently I'm not I'm not going to read the whole article, Carrie, but I'm trying to think of it from right. memory. Basically, what they have done is they've bought a bunch of robots that call up the IRS, okay, and get in line. So like like hold your place. Yes. So so they're they're robots. You know, there's a time limit when the IRS starts accepting phone calls. Right. Whether that's seven, who knows what I don't know. What it is. So they call hold your place and probably call you saying, hey, or you're you can time. call them because you don't know what day right. you're going to need to call the IRS. So when you need to call the IRS, you call this company, and for a small fee, you get to have their place in line. Mm, I wonder how long that will. Hmm. Um, now, Why? now, not that the normal taxpayers doing this, but you know who's using their services? Corporations? The tax firms. Okay. The tax preparation firms. Um, you know, and some of the quotes are, you know, no taxpayer should have to fork over $1,000 to a private company to get their phone calls answered by the IRS. It's maddening. That's what Senator Juan Wyden of Oregon was talking about. So, you know, so now can you stop the company from doing that? I, I don't know. Is it against the law? I think that's pretty smart of them, actually. Is it? Is no, it American you, genius? I think so, because honestly, you could sit on hold all day if you wanted to. Um. Yeah. So it's it, to me, it's like the fast passes at the amusement it, it, park. Exactly. If you want to skip the lines and, and go to the quicker line, I mean, I'm, you I'm pay wondering if that's where the guys got the idea. Probably, but I'm saying, I mean, way to go! Who thought of that to make some money? Um, now, but in but so so in, in either case, what the IRS has done is they created a surge team, Carrie. Okay. 
And the surge team is where, oh, if that's Chuck Redicary, I'm not here. Okay. Um, but what they what they did is they they hired like 1,200 people just to help with the backlog. Okay. All right. And also there was, and, and I, by the way, the IRS was also in the process. And it's not, you know, it's not IRS's fault. It's the government, right? That they were going to close some of their tax processing centers. Like this was in, this was, you know, in process before the Rona. Oh, that's wonderful. And I guess now they're saying, well, maybe we won't close those processing centers. Right. Um, but again, it, 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 so hopefully the surge team will, will help. And get these back returns processed. You know, we'll get more people to answer the phones at the IRS. Um, it's going to be a very interesting tax season. Mm-hmm. And I don't know, you know, if you, you know, need help with things like that. You know, you need to, you need to be talking with your tax preparers. You need to be. Um, you know, working together and saying, okay, how, you know, if you do get these robotic letters from the IRS, don't panic. Mm-hmm. All right. Um, you know, get, get with your tax preparer, sit down, try to figure out what's going on, and then also do your research and saying, do you really have to respond to these letters or is it something that, it's just this backlog that eventually get worked out. Eventually. Mm-hmm. And the other thing, too, is some of these articles are talking about, don't forget the IRS is not going to call you on the phone and demand a credit card. Or say, if you don't pay, you're going to jail. I love the ones that they say, this is the sheriff, your IRS, and we're going to send someone to arrest you. They don't do that. Right. I'm sure those are going to be starting up. All right. So what else is going on? I, you know, I think... We've got the State of the Union address coming up on March 1st, Tuesday. Yeah, I'm not listening to that. Um, and the – the uh, how could you not care? I'm, 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 I'm like, not listening to it. I mean, what did – I mean, what, what could President Biden possibly say I can't to instill to confidence you know, to Americans that the State of the Union right now is strong? Zero. That's what I'm saying. Why listen to it? Because to me, it'll just aggravate me. Either it's a lie or more BS or it's just going to aggravate you from all the other things that are going on. Well, I think it's 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 going to be the it could be the most interesting. It could be the most interesting State of Union address in years. Yeah, no, I don't know how you listen to him talk like I'll read the highlights, but I can't. listen. But I, but I, I think it's it's meaning that it, it's. It's going to be, you know, I don't know what they're they're going to do. In other words, I don't think it's going to have the you know drama theater moments like like you remember when in twenty twenty when Nancy Pelosi tore up President Trump's speech, you know, after oh, yeah, uh, and, and and called it the manifesto of mistruth. Remember and that, <laughs> or remember, but then it was in two thousand nine when President Obama. Was giving it, and then you had that one Republican, Joe Wilson, shouted out, "You lie!" Remember when Obama yeah. was talking, and that was that raised a lot of eyebrows. So I'm sure. Let's see what uh, you know. Um, you I'll, know have to, I'll have to look at the headlines the next morning. Or you know, or who could you know, President Clinton, right? Remember '98. Remember it was right after the Monica Lewinsky. Oh my God, broke right, and he had to give the State of the Union address. I can't imagine. I, what, I don't remember, but I can't imagine what people were yelling. I think there was 53 million people tuned in. That you know, looking, yeah. you know, you know, I did not have sexual relations with that woman. I'd like to know what people yelled, though. I'm so, sure they muted that. But I think what I think what's surprising is you know because now we've had the Russian you know fog of war, right? <sighs> and I so that has a, that's that's casting a fog. I, will Biden talk? Is he going to have to talk about that at the State of the Union? I, I think he was going to talk mostly about the coronavirus. Honestly, oh my gosh, can he stop? We stop hearing you about know, all of that. I know, mean, what about inflation? What about the economy? What's well, his plan? What to can fix he say up? about inflation, Carrie? Uh, what I mean, can he say about the economy? I, There's got to be things that he has planned. He's going to say the economy is doing fine. You know, GDP, the second read of fourth quarter GDP came out at seven percent. Better than a, a tick, uh, better than six point nine percent in the first read. So GDP is going. He's going to talk about the low unemployment. He's going to talk about um, all the you know the, all the millions of jobs that that he's created. Right. Um, he's going he's going to talk about 
you know, so he he's going to highlight those things. He's going to say, you know, the economy is is fine right now. Well, inflation's not fine for a lot of people. Well, he kind of softened that news when last week, where he said, you know, because of the Russian situation, oil's going to go up, and that's going to be more. But he'll talk about how he's planning on releasing additional strategic reserve. You know, you know, he'll talk about maybe he'll say, I'm recommending the Congress. Uh, give us all a holiday gas a gas tax holiday right and mm-hmm. and cut out that gas tax for a, a bit but that's not the solution what i what i don't think you're going to hear him say is drill baby drill in america which to me that's what i'm saying they're not long term solutions because if you cut taxes what's that going to do to the deficit um, now and i don't know what he's going to say on the i mean is he going to talk about the the virus and you know, all he's doing? Remember, because he, but I don't know if he can talk about that because remember he was the president that was going to end the virus, right? No president can end the virus. By the way, it's, it's taken down two U.S. presidents. Do you think and, the Do you think the virus is here to stay? Absolutely. Well, we'll let's see some news. Well, the new Omicron subvariant is is coming along, Carrie. Yeah, have the you BA2, read two? Right? The epidemiologists and people study it's going to be like the flu. We're always going to have variants. It's a virus here to stay. While COVID-19 cases are dwindling, research suggests that the Omicron variant can reinfect people, putting people at risk for another round of oh, infection and more Rona symptoms. The new symptoms of the Omicron BA2, you know, Omicron was BA1, basically. So BA2, the new symptoms are dizziness and fatigue. Just like the flu and some other things. Some scientific evidence suggests that BA2 subvariant can cause more severe COVID-19 systems compared to the previous original But they don't know until we're there. We're always going to have viruses or we're always going to have variants of it. Over 5 million children have lost a parent or caregiver to COVID. Hmm. So I don't know if he can talk about that because that's not necessarily good news. Um, So then, and I also think, though, that the Republicans... We're planning on making, you know how the Republicans will have a um, conference? No, a response. Right. A response after the president. So who did they pick this year? Okay. They picked the Iowa governor, Kim uh, Reynolds. Okay. All right. Now, what is she known for? Well, she's a big anti-vaxxer, you know, and big, you know, Mm -hmm. non-masker. So she's been um, praised for her handling of the Rona pandemic. She signed legislation to block mask mandates in K-12 schools and prohibit cities and counties from requesting facial coverings in businesses. She also signed a bill into law last year that grants unemployment benefits to those who've lost their jobs because they refuse to get vaccinated. So she's a big Mm anti-vaxxer, and apparently that's what the Republicans think Americans want to hear. I don't know if that's what Americans want to hear right now either. It's about control. I think people don't like mandates. People are tired of the government telling you what to do and what you have to do. I think the far right is interested in that. I, I think American, I think middle America today wants to know wh- what's the price of gas going to be. Right. What is my but heating going to be? I still think bill? I'm sick of it. Like our school system hasn't had well, mandatory masks since the beginning. We've had no kids that were hospitalized or staff, and no one died. But I mean, is it? But our. our but I think it's the freedom of choice, and I think you're starting to dwindle on choices that makes Americans worry. And I don't think that's just far right left. I think that's a lot of people. And yeah, people are worried about spending. They're worried about the cost of not just gas. Groceries are going up. I know. That's what I that's what I'm saying. I don't know if if I want to is American going to tune in to the State of the Union to hear a mask mandate debate? No, they're going to look for entertainment value and hear what kind of I don't think people are really going to take it serious as State of the Union. From Biden? Uh, well, Without we, real Well, you mentioned the, the left. So let's talk about the far left, you know, because they have their own response. Right. Right. right? So um, so who did they choose? You know, so this is... AOC? No, she, <laughs> one of the squad, even well, maybe worse, you know, Rashida Tlaib, right? Ugh. The Democrat out of Michigan. So she's going to give the left-wing group, it's the Working Families Party. I, I don't know, Carrie, how you see that. I guess you go to their Facebook page. But uh, she's going to what is she going to talk about? Well, she's she's apparently going to hammer the moderate, you know, Democrats. Right. Um, you know, because, the, you know, the squad and, and, the, and the far left is so upset that there's no bill back better bill coming. Um, there, there's there hasn't been a full cancellation of student loan debt, um, you know, and the uh, they probably want, you know, uh, UBI. Right. Um, so insane too. is America listening to that? No. 
I think I personally am just tired of all of it. That's why I read the headlines instead of because it'll drive you crazy and frustrate you more. And I think it causes a great deal more stress to listen to these people instead of just reading headlines or because there's only so many things I can do about that. I can control my vote. I can't control that. I can build a plan or I can make better choices with my money and what I'm doing. Yeah. I mean, I think everyone in America, okay, it's my choice whether I want to wear a mask or not. Right. It should be my choice whether I want to get vaccinated or not. Absolutely. And, and, but in the meantime, you know, what are you doing about inflation? Right. Um, Why aren't we drilling at home? Right. To help gas prices. Because you know what? get off this Russian oil dependency. But now I'm worried about, like, I read headlines this week because of the Ukraine um, invasion that... Oh, we're going to see even worse prices at the pump. Now, that's going to get bad when gas gets to four or five gallons. If it did around here, that's going to be an issue. We're still far away from that. But uh, this this Russian invasion could could puts a fog on all of that right now. Now, that leads to what is the Federal Reserve going to do in in their March uh, meeting? That might have changed maybe their original. I don't think it is. There were a lot of Fed speak this week. I don't think they're going to... I think they are still going to start raising interest rates. Okay. Um, I think they... I don't think the... From what the Fed... I heard talks of some of the Fed speak this week. I I don't think they're they're thinking this this is this Russian or this inflation is still long long term, um, and they they're going to have to start raising rates. Right. Um, but and, you also have to look at then being conscious of how you're using your money, what you're doing with it. Um, looking at, I mean, what for our clients, like I said earlier, we don't do the investing, but we say, what growth rate do you need? If you can do all the spending you want to do and you can take on a much more conservative portfolio and then you talk to that investment advisor, if our clients do that, aren't they going to have more peace of mind that taking on more risk, especially with all these unknowns right now? Yeah, I mean, that that's the idea of you can't... <laughs> You know, that's why we build financial plans. It's to put you in decision-making mode, meaning you know you can run different scenarios. Right, a worst case, maybe a current, a worst case. Maybe you want to see a really, you know, even worse case. Or you, 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 what you should be doing if you already have a financial plan, but you put it together more than a year or two ago. Maybe you you haven't accounted for this in real inflation that we haven't had in 40 years. And revisit. Maybe you want to build build in a market downturn. And there is no data to suggest that inflation has peaked out yet. You know, we talked about the Mm -hmm. CPI that came out a couple weeks ago that, you know, the January to January was a seven and a half percent handle. You know, worse than the December to December, right. which is at seven. Well, we've got the Fed's preferred inflation measure this week. That's the personal consumption expenditure, okay. right? And how did that do? Well, year over year, for January to January, it's 6.1%. Worse than December to December, which was 5.8%. Which is the same it's in line as the other still one. still going up. Um, you know, and so no data has suggested here that inflation has subsided yet. Right. That's why I don't know what President Biden's going to say about inflation come Tuesday night. Um, now, we will have another inflation reading and, and more jobs reports before the Fed sp- speaks in mid-March, the eyes okay. of March. So, th- you know, we'll see that. But right now, inflation's going up. They have to do something. Right. And I think a lot of people call it, even though we don't do it, like, where do you put your money? Will you diversify? Like, I, Mark, I don't know how many times I've heard you tell prospective clients or clients, you can't time the market. It's tough. Right. So, you know, and I love, and you haven't done it in a long time, but when you did the, um, you do this um, talk where you talk about, I like bonds, I like stocks, I like, so it's not no product is good or bad. It's how you use, how much. Certainly you don't want to go into all or one concept, which some people panic and move everything to one thing for safety. And it's usually not that to get the best result. It's usually how much over what time frame, right. And do you know your number, what you need growth wise? And, and I still highly recommend, Carrie, you know, we talk about this all the time is have you built in the next economic downturn to your plan? If you hadn't, perhaps you should. Mm-hmm. And especially if you have a major financial decision that you're making in the next two to three years, a new home, retirement, a wedding, maybe a college ex- expenditures, you know, something major 
that you, if you're saying, okay, it looks good if everything goes right. right, but what happens if everything doesn't go right? You know, a lot of these headwinds are coming true. Right. You know, there was a talk, many weeks of talk of what was Putin going to roll his tanks in Ukraine or not? He did. Um, there's there's been a big debate about whether this inflation is transitory. It's not, at least not as what we thought it was transitory. And, the, oh. you know, and so that's and we keep saying instead of trying to time the market like you're saying is, no, what can you do to protect your family from next economic downturn? Three simple things. Right. One, rebalance your risk. You know, don't take on more risk than what you need to be okay. And if you don't know how to determine that, that's probably because you don't have a financial plan done. Right. All right. Because part of building a financial plan is where you're making a call on how much risk, meaning how much rate of return do you need to be okay. So in in other words, if your plan works to age 90, 95, do I hear 100? And the robot says, in order to make your money last this long, you need a four or five percent rate of return. Don't then don't take on the risk of a eight or nine percent rate of return. Right. Uh, and, and, or or you go the other way with your plan. If the if the, the if you say, well, robot, this is what I want to spend. This is when I want to retire. This is what I want to spend. I want to. I think I'm going to live to ninety. So tell me what rate of return do I need on my investments? Mm-hmm. And if it comes back at eight or ten percent a year, maybe you need to scale back that spending or work a year longer. Right. But so, then you know what to do. It, it's the analysis that's objective. That chain that gets you into actionable decisions and things that you can do. Right. So the first thing to protect yourself from an economic downturn is rebalance. Don't take on more risk to be okay. If you if you're if you're if you're uh, running a rate of return that's based conservatively, realistically on a sixty forty portfolio, make sure you're not higher at risk than that. Right. Um, Second thing you can do: keep an adequate cash reserve. That's a big one, especially I think now. I mean, it's always yeah, just a look big what one. Happened. Yeah, in other words, especially as you go into the. In other words, what you want is you don't want to have to sell your stocks low to come up with your spending gap in any one year in retirement. And because you know what, some things happen. Your furnace goes. Your hot water tank. Sometimes you have a big ticket yeah. item that happens. Right. Your kid gets a divorce, and now. They're not getting spousal support and... Well, that never it, happens. That's happened quite a few, you know. So there's sometimes things that you need to right. be able to account for. And it for. may be even fun stuff. It may be that trip you were planning. Mm-hmm. It, it may be the new car you were planning on buying. Or even more exciting, maybe you went somewhere for the winter and then got tired of this clue when and said, hey, maybe I, I don't want to go for two weeks or a month. I want to buy that second right. home. See, it's different if you're still working and you're still contributing you to your wages. 401k. You, you're, you're buying low. <laughs> mm-hmm. Basically, it's different in retirement. What you want to stay away from is if you have to come up with your spending gap. That's the difference between your what your planned expenses are right. in any one year, less your fixed retirement income. That could be pension, Social Security, or an annuitized annuity. You know, something some contractual income. But the idea is the gap what, what to cover the rest of the spending that's got to come out of your assets. That's what you do, you know. That's what we see of doing this for decades. That that's what people will cut back on. They'll say, "Well, I know I'm not supposed to sell my stocks low and take that loss. I'm supposed to buy low." And right. sell high. Well, I didn't sell high. I don't want to sell low now. So I guess I'll just postpone that trip. Right. Or you can do that with discretionary spending, but mm-hmm. you might not be able to do that with some of that mandatory spending that you're talking about. Right. That, the hot water tank going or what happened. A big dental bill. The, the, the May not be bill. optional or dental. Yeah. Oh, that's optional care. You can put off those root canals <laughs> for a year not, or two. Yeah. So, so you're back to. An adequate cash reserve gives you the flexibility that says, I've got enough of my cash reserve to cover my spending gap for 12, 14, 18 months, however your piece of mind is. So therefore, if it does start happening, if it starts, if the stuff does start hitting the fan and I've got enough cash reserve, I can make a decision where I don't have to sell my stocks low. I can rely on my cash reserve and give me time to build back up the cash reserve. Mm-hmm. Right. In the meantime, at least you're still collecting the dividends on the stocks, um, you know, which, which, you know, even if the stock pricing is is fluctuating. Um, so so the third thing to protect your family from an economic downturn is to build the plan R. 
In other words, to say, okay, have you modeled a worst-case scenario saying that, yeah, if this is happening right now, the next recession or the next market crash or whatever, and I want to know if this does happen now, am I still going to have longevity? Can I, my financial longevity I'm talking about, is am I going to run out of money before life or not? Based and, on that, the things you're worried about, like Mark, I had a client that called because we do the net worth updates as of twelve thirty one for most of our clients now who are already have been long term clients, and we haven't met with. They're getting us information and price tags and timeframes, and he called and said, "You know what? I know I gave you the year and numbers, and I want the plan, but you know what? I want you to take twenty percent off of the investable assets or anything that's non qualified or qualified." Right off the top, before you build that other plan, let's take a 20% drop. I want to take 8% inflation on my day-to-day for the next five years, then go wow. back to three and a half because wow. they're concerned. And then, <laughs> That's a worst case scenario. So then, then it's saying, what other variables do you want to look at? And, but we can model that in, and that's what we do. And then he'll know, hey, does he need to make changes in the long term? And it may not be changes in the next couple of years, but does he need to rethink that spending? Maybe they can't go on $10,000 vacations for 10 years. They have to do 5000 for seven years, whatever. Right. Yeah. But at least they know. Yeah, I think that's a good point. It's not like a light switch going on and off. When we're saying that if, if your plan R is showing you that you can't, it's not going to the money's not going to last as long as your plan A, your base case scenario. It doesn't mean you cut out all spending. It's not that's a what people or don't nothing. understand. There's Mark. I've seen plans you're doing to like okay, but you have to cut discretionary spending ten percent, and that could be on family gifting. Chair, you can pick the category where you're right. taking it off the top, that's, but at least you know yeah. it's not a I got to cut out a hundred percent. It's saying no, you got to or cut back twenty percent. Or it, it could go sometimes it, the the client goes the other way and says, well, how much longer do I if they haven't retired yet? Right. They're like I'm also oh, the plan's telling me if we have this economic downturn over the next twenty four months that I can't retire tomorrow or next year or whatever. Right. So it doesn't mean. The robots, you know, the robots not going to say, well, that mean doesn't mean you have to work for ten more years. You no. know, some, we can we can say, well, how much longer would you have to work? Now that right. may be in your current full time job. It may be in a scale down encore career. Or sometimes, which I'm glad you said that because some people can't stand their job and they say, I don't mind working, I just can't do this anymore. Right. So so, they, so then we can tell you how much do you have to earn over what time frame to get the result that you want. Right. And a lot of times, you know, what everybody's encore career dream is the hobby career. You know, doing something they like to do mm-hmm. and getting paid for it. Obviously, it's not going to be replacing their their salary at their you know. No, it's going to be a lot know, less sixty hour a week job. Although, you know, but it might not. Great, great it, for you if it does. Yeah, but it might not have to. That's the point. How much does that have to be, right? Um, and so, so those are things. Um, and also, just for you know. Stay, don't get too caught up in the shock lines, right? You know, I mean, there's a lot of talk right now. Are we going to stagflation, right? And and that's a pretty bad scenario, mm-hmm. you know, and I don't know. Remember, the, the it's stagflation is a three-legged stool, Gary, right? Mm-hmm. It's, um, it, you know, it's when inflation is high. Well, okay, we got that, right? Right. Um, the economic growth rate slows. Well, we're not, not sure there, about well, that. Well, I was going to say not yet, right? We, maybe, maybe not. We've seen some data, data, you know, kind of going back and forth with that. But the third leg is unemployment remains steadily high. That's the one we don't have right now. Mm-hmm. And I think that's the one you're going to hear President Biden talking about is the strong labor market in this right. country right now. Um, so I don't know. It's, it's maybe more like slugflation, Gary, yeah. where we have high inflation. And sluggish growth. It might not be robust growth, but uh, you know, it may not be of recessionary growth. In other words, yeah. So we'll see. Um, we'll see on that. Um, and and so, Carrie, that then you you talk about well. The Great Resignation, right? right? I mean, I guess that's what I was thinking about when I was talking about the Encore career. Mm-hmm. So a lot of people, everybody knows about the Great Resignation now. And there's a lot of different people that make that category up. Right. right? But let's specifically, I'm referring to the baby boomers who don't want to go back to work. Mm-hmm. You know, after they got a bit of staying at home in the coronavirus, right, they kind of liked it. 
And also, we had a pretty good darn, uh, darn uh, stock market for three years in a row up until this year. You know, where, where the stock, even in 2020 with the Rona recession, we had a very quick recovery. So the, you know, S&P 500 ended up double digits in that year, 2020. It did double digit returns in, in 2021. Okay. Um, it did double digit returns. So we had very strong stock market that dropped, you know, that built Americans wealth. Then we had all the stimulus money that was dropped in our laps. Right. That gave people a lot of buying power um, and all those together. And then the baby boomers were shut down. They're at home and they kind of said, hey, I think I could swing this. Mm-hmm. And then when the when the you know I so, said, but in the meantime, I'm okay working from home. But then when the employer said, "Come back to work," I don't want to. I don't want to. All right. Um, so now, so th- there is a, a lot of you know. So that is also another planning technique, or mm-hmm. now or planning opportunity, or planning right. problem dilemma. Right? How do you you know how do you build your model for that? And that's what we've been also helping clients work those issues through. That could be how you're going to cover health care until you're, let's say, Medicare eligible at 65. You know, Cobra, okay, do you know what the price of Cobra is? Um, you know, a lot of people don't know that, right? And There's a big gonna, price tag to uh, that. Okay, you're going to go out on the exchanges, the affordable health care, the Obamacare exchanges? Okay, do you know how the subsidies work? You know, can you work out a plan that says, I've got to keep my income, my household income low for those years I'm trying to get the subsidy to help me pay for Obamacare in those years before I can go on Medicare. And many people don't even know that that is an option, which is a lot in most cases, especially if you can keep your income down and build your cash reserve is going to be a lot cheaper than Cobra. Cobra has a a hefty price tag. I mean, and Mark, those are great examples of what we do and how we help people at the estate planning team. And we offer that free consultation, no obligation, no pressure. And we offer that by phone or in person. You can call our office at 440-239-2090. That's 440-239-2090. Or visit our website at financialfoodforthought.com. All right. And listen to Mark Donnelly and Carrie Waddell. And we're the co-owners of the estate planning team. And the estate planning team has been helping Cleveland families build custom financial plans for over 35 years. And over those decades, another thing that we've brought to the attention of to a lot of new clients coming to us is the idea of how we use the robots to project numbers out that you really can't do in your head. At least not the normal person can't do in their head. Mm-hmm. There's always one in every crowd, Carrie, who right. can do the math in their heads. And I don't know how they do it, but they can do it. Um, and it's that idea, this is where we talk about it before the robots were built, people go into term, they use general rules, Carrie, right? Mm-hmm. The 4% rule or the age rule for your allocation, you know, for investments. Um, or, you know, the rules that, you know, you never spend your principal, you know, you never draw down your principal. Or the rule that you never take out more than your required minimum distribution. These are all general rules that we don't even talk about anymore because for the 20 years ago, all we were talking about was those are the rules you should be breaking. Right. Because those those rules all came out of an era where you didn't have a, 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 the financial programs that could crunch the numbers in the blink of an eye. Right. So you had to use rules of thumb that were simple to make some decisions. But or... maybe not quite as accurate. No, they were ballparks. And, and and one of the things that we clearly saw early on was people not getting the concept of that you only spend, you never take out more from your IRAs than your required minimum. Mm, I think that came from the investment world. <laughs> <laughs> and there are some great investment advisors. But I think that came so they could hold on to more of your money, which I'm all for. Oh, Carrie, I don't want to even go on that tangent. I'd spend the rest of the show on that. But I'm saying people should spend it and enjoy it. Didn't you work hard to save that big pile of money? Do you want to get to 80, 90? Yeah, you might be be spending it on different things to make your life easier, but why not spend it and enjoy it? I mean, I don't know how many people can wait. And and now, since we had the SECURE Act in 2019 that pushed off the required minimum date from age 75 to age 72, Mm -hmm. and the SECURE Act 2 that's in the wings is going to even push it out further if it gets activated. 
Um, I don't know how you're going to wait. I mean, you're, what, you're going to wait to 74, 75 to start taking money out of your IRA? How I mean, are you going to afford to do that? And even or, if you could, maybe there's reasons you don't want to. Because of the trap. Mm-hmm. Because do you know if you do, let's say you are in the financial position where you do not have to take out your IRA before you're required. Mm-hmm. Because you have other assets available to you right. to meet all your spending needs. Do you know what the future required minimum distributions will get to and then figure out how that's going to affect your taxes? That's what I don't, that was the disconnect. You know, we, 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 you know, people come in and see us, we, they had this foggy idea, um, you know, that, uh, that, required minimums begin and it's about a 3.6 3.7% distribution and they start but they didn't really have an idea of what that required minimum was looking at when they were 90 mm-hmm. or 85 so that's so that may be the surge team that you may right. need you know a team effort that says okay do you understand, you know, based on how you're going to be invested and maybe you're using the professional investment advisor. Right. So let's ask him what rate of return with all the stuff that's going on. What do you think is a good rate of return I should be using for the next 30 years of my plan? Right. OK. Um, also, you talk, you know, with your tax preparers and say, well, OK, well, uh, you know, can you project out what what, you know, what my tax rates are going to be? What are these thresholds I got to be wor- worried about? What thresholds, if my RMD starts getting to be too large, what thresholds am I going to, you know, go right through? Right. Okay. It could be the where you're you're losing the zero percent long term capital gains rate. It could be could be as, as as simple as where you're getting to the maximum of your eighty five percent Social Security being taxed. Could be where you're getting the IRMA adjustment for your Medicare premiums. These are all those tax thresholds that we spend a lot of time with our clients and their mm-hmm. CPAs saying, how do we stay under that? We just mentioned the other one, the Obamacare subsidies. Right. That's a threshold, you know, based on your combined household income. So there's you know, opportunities right now. And and what I think a lot of people don't understand is if they are if they are in that strong financial position where they don't need more than their required minimum to meet mm-hmm. their, their spending gaps, do they know how that's going to trap them tax-wise? Mm, a lot of people don't. All right, so let's look at some numbers. Okay. Um, all right. So you always hear about, you know, the million-dollar nest egg is what you need to retire, right? Um, all right. So let's say you had a million dollars. So let's say a 65-year-old couple, they've got a million dollars in their IRAs. I'm just using IRAs broadly. It could be a combination of husband and wife's, 401Ks, 403Bs. You get the picture. The, ask, the, the, the tax qualified plans that are going to be subject to this required minimum distribution that now begins at age 72. All right. So they got a million dollars in there, and let's say they're 65 years old. Okay. So they're, they're in a position where they're saying, all right, I don't think we're going to need any IRA distributions until they're required. And I always heard that, that you never take out more than your required minimum. Mm-hmm. You know, the idea of, you know, growth, 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 growth. And yes, the investment advisors would love it if you never take anything out of their IRA accounts mm-hmm. until you have to. Um, See, you said it too. Now, the, <laughs> um, now, so. If we want to project the future of the required minimums, meaning, yeah, going beyond just knowing that in the first year it's about a 3.65% withdrawal. Really, do you know what the withdrawal rate is in your 80th year? Do you know what it is in your 90th year? Do you know what the balance, if you're starting at a million dollars at age 65, do you know what the balance of your IRA will be at age 90 if you follow the required minimum? Now, to answer that question, of course, you have to make an assumption on your growth rate. Mm-hmm. So, Carrie, I ran growth rates from four to eight percent. Is that does anybody outside of those ranges come no. see us? All right. So let's start at four percent. So on a four percent rate of return, starting at sixty-five, you got a million dollars. You're just going to wait till seventy-two for your RMD. Your first RMD would be about forty-eight thousand dollars a year. Okay. Mm-hmm. This is at four percent annual growth rate, without, by the way, any economic downturn. That's what we really do in our clients' plans. But this is just okay. a simple illustrative purposes here, All right? So, 
Okay, at 80 years old, your required minimum will be about $63,000, At 85, it'd be about $73,000, $74,000. Is your tax return going up at this point, Gary? Mm-hmm. How about at age 90? That's about, yeah, that's about the joint life expectancy of a couple, 65-year-old right now. Uh, then your required minimum would be $82,000. Ouch. Okay. Um, now, do you think you're, you, you, a lot of people think now that their million dollars is starting to go down, right? Mm-hmm. So what is, what do you think the balance in your IRA is at age 90 after you just took out the $82,000 required minimum that year? Can you do that math in your head? No, I cannot. No. Some people can. I can't. I need the robot. The balance in the IRA is still 955000 Right. You've barely gotten into the million-dollar principle you had. This is why you may want to think of fun things or necessity things or things to make your life easier to use that money before 90. Now, you're saying, well, Mark, but I think I'm worried about longevity. So what's happening at age 85 or 95? Okay. What's happening at 95? It's still not zero. No. It, now your RMD, though, is $84,000. Okay. And the balance in your IRA, it's coming down. It's no longer 955000 It's 690000 mm. Over a half a million? I cut this off at age 100. There's still 400000 in the IRA. So maybe there was, you'll get to those years and say, I should have, would have, could have. That's at 4%. Okay. But we have but, some and that's clients, a low growth rate. Yeah, I mean, we have some clients out there who their investment advisors tell them it's going to be higher than 4%. Okay. All right. So let's run. So that five. was a conservative scenario. You still have uh, a little under half a million at age hundred. So let's use five percent. Okay. Okay. So now you at age seventy-two, your RMD is going to start at fifty-one thousand. Okay. Okay. By age eighty, it's going to be seventy-three thousand. By age eighty-five, it's going to be eighty-nine thousand. By age ninety, it's going to be one hundred and four thousand. That's your required minimum. Mm, and remember those Medicare B thresholds you mentioned, they're a dollar, they're, they're hard thresholds. So if you're a dollar over, you pay that premium. Sometimes we have clients with RMDs, especially if you're single or a single tax filer because you're divorced, widowed, um, or always single, those thresholds are a lot lower. Or if you're married filing separately, not necessarily, I'm sorry, seeing I was thinking married filing separately. Now, so what do you, what's the balance? So this is, they started with the million at 65. They're growing at 5% a year. They're taking out required minimums. After they take out their 104,000, um, you know, required minimum at age 90, and then they grew at 5% for the year, what do you think their balance is in their IRA? 1225000 It's still growing. It's not growing anymore, but, I mean, it's still higher than their million dollars. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's higher with those withdrawals than yeah. what they started with. Right. The, the, in that, the, the IRA balance peaked out in that scenario at about age 78, 79, at about a million. Um, but you know, million Mark, I would say the majority of people don't believe they're going to get to 90, 95. We uh, have a few. Yeah. All right. But let's, but, you know, I would carry, it's crazy. You know, we have some clients that really believe that they're going to do better than 5% rate of return on okay. investments over the long haul. And I don't have time to do six. Let's do 7%. Okay. Um, now, 7% is still below probably historically what a 60-40 portfolio has done. Okay. All right. We may be in some down years right now, you know, but I'm sure President mm-hmm. Biden will fix that. Well, yeah. We'll hear about that on Tuesday night. You know, this could be, you know, could be a down year in the market. Maybe not. Could be mm-hmm. a second down year in bonds. You know, it doesn't happen too often. We have a bond bear market two years in a row. That that happens very rarely. Mm-hmm. So, you know, if that happens, that's very rare. Right. Um, but let's just say, so 7% return. So I got a million dollars. But we're growing at 7% a year. I'm going to wait. So now my required minimum starts at 58000 Okay. Okay. Um, by the time we're 80, we're already close to 97,000. By age 85, we're at 130,000. By age 90, joint life expectancy, we're at 167,000 required minimum. That doesn't count your Social Security, pensions, interest, dividends, capital gains, pension or annuity, pay, whatever. Right. What is happening to your tax return? Now, how much is in the IRA at that point? 
at age 90, still $2 million now is in there. Who is that going to go tax free to your kids? No, not exactly. Now how many? Now how how many years do the kids get to get that out right ten. now? No. Ten with the new that Secure was Act. changed. Okay, they have ten years to get that two million dollars. Now, out. and a lot of times, kids get those assets during their peak earning years. So even if they have to spread that over ten years, that can cause their tax rate to go up. Do you still want to wait for seventy two to start your required minimum, or maybe you should be thinking about a different path? Mm-hmm. Now, a lot of people say that a million dollars isn't enough to retire. How much more time do I have? I think it depends on, uh, I think, four minutes, do three, I, Do I three, have time four? to do a million and a half IRA? Maybe. Quickly. Okay. So let's up, let's say you got a million and a half. Let's, maybe let's say you instead of taking that pension annuity, you took the lump sum. Okay. Well, so, that'll get you. All right. So, so now you've got a million and a half. What rate? And, oh, okay. Now on that same scenario, so you're going to wait. To, so I'm going to go right to... Seven percent. Okay. Return. If you want to see the others, come see us. Better yet, we use your numbers when you come see us for the okay. free consultation. Um, now, so million and a half, age sixty-five. You're just going to wait. Required minimums. Your RMDs are going to start at eighty-eight thousand dollars. Okay. All right. By the time you're eighty, it'll be one hundred and forty-six thousand dollars. By the time you're 85, it'll be $206,000. By the time you're 90, $250,000. Mm, you think that's going <laughs> to... And what's happening to your million five beginning ba- or you know 65 balance? It's right. now at $3 million. At what age? 90. By the way, you're not... What happens if you, you know, that longevity, 95? At ninety five, now your required minimum is about two hundred and ninety five thousand dollars. I was going to say, but it's got. I thought I was going to guess about three hundred. All right. So this started opening up our new clients' eyes because a lot of people, you're not thinking about that. You're going to work. You're paying your bills. You're saving. So now, and I only got got one minute left. So next week, Carrie, I'm going to come back and say, if you weren't going to follow that plan, what plan should be following? Meaning. Mark, I'm not going to wait for that. So tell me how much I can start taking out at 65 and not run out by 95. Mm-hmm. And that's a whole eye-opening, a new way to look at it that may, you may find a lot more interesting once you know the required minimum distance trap that may be waiting for you. All right. Call the estate planning team for a free consultation. We'll actually, if you give us your numbers, we'll show you some preliminary analysis at no cost or obligation. Remember, we're doing those by phone or in person. Call 440-239-2090 or visit financialfoodforthought.com. Tune in next week for more financial food for thought. For more information about the show, for estate planning or upcoming seminars, call the estate planning team at 440-239-2090. Thanks for listening.